Welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast. Today we're talking about Canadian truckers and EDC, everyday carry. And what that means as a prepper and what type of levels everyday carry is. Because I have three different levels to everyday carry and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this delve right into kind of the new subject that we should be considering right now. And that's the Canadian trucker situation. For those of you who are not familiar, in Canada right now, they're running a protest and the protest is from all over the country. They have truckers converging on their capital in protest to the mandates that are coming down that have the ability or the it's taking away the ability of the truckers to move th- freely throughout the different provinces in Canada and to do their job unless they go ahead and do what the government wants them to do. Now, there's a lot of stuff you can get into on that front alone, but I don't want to talk about this news story from that angle. I want to talk about it from an angle that preppers should be looking at it. And I'm sure some preppers have mentioned this and talked about it. I know it's a lot easier to kind of delve into the political ramifications, how we really have the power as the populace and the doers and the workers of the civilization. We we have a lot more say and we have a lot more muscle that we can flex in a nonviolent way than we ever really do. And this is one of those examples of how a momentum shift could happen when people band together and use their collective strength and their collective ability to dictate how things are going to go. Because without the truckers, as of right now, because the robot technocracy for long-range trucking is not available yet, there are some companies, and I've done research into them, invested in one, that do have the technology and have made some pretty significant leaps forward in driverless trucks, which I think is going to be, personally, I think it's going to be a great thing. I'm always going to want somebody behind the wheel in case there's a malfunction. So I don't think the job is going to completely go away, but I think it's potential for distribution times and supply chain issues to be sped up once you have kind of that robot workforce. And I'm not against technology. I'm against technology that's used in a nefarious way. So that's a lot of, like I said, that's a lot of stuff that we could get into, but let's talk about for the right here and now. As a prepper right here and right now, you could be very subject to food shortages, medical shortages, all kinds of stuff that will directly impact your health and safety right now. It's why we prep. I use the hashtag often and I encourage you to as well because it's a hashtag that I follow, but why we prep. It's important to highlight the reasons why we prep because some people don't understand why we would do it. But when you're in a situation where trucking could be greatly affected and devastated, this let's just say it's not even a protest. Maybe this bug is as bad as they said it was going to be. And you have a massive amount of people who no longer exist. A massive amount of people who don't even have the physical ability to go to work anymore. It's going to impact the supply chain. Or in this case, you could have protests that disrupt the distribution and the ability for food, medical supplies, things of those natures to make it to where it needs to go so society isn't disrupted. This is why we prep. 
if you are being left to the will of some trucker protest, whether it's righteous or not, affecting your ability to feed your family, you're not doing what you need to do as a family man and as an, an adult to even take care of yourself, regardless of, regardless of a family. It's something that you should be considering for yourself. So keep that in mind. It's another reason why you're going to want to stock back on any medical supplies or medications that you need on the regular. I know there's some people that I've talked to who have to test their blood sugar quite frequently, but have had issues getting those supplies. There was nothing preventing them from stocking up on those supplies prior to all the events that happen now. So if they were stocked up and they were well supplied, they would have been able to give themselves the testing that they needed to do and give themselves the medicine that they needed. One of the preps that I have that isn't for me, it's for somebody else who may need it, who I may also want to barter with, but I have some syringes that I've had for years that are stored away and it's for people who may need them to give themselves insulin shots or other medications. I have them stocked back and stored. It's very easy to get. I got it. I got mine on a vet supply website. It was cheap. It was, I think of, I, who knows what they are now because I got them years ago, but they were cheap when I got them. It was several dozens for less than 15 bucks. So something to keep in mind if you haven't prepped for that already and really Think about what issues a mass trucking stoppage could cause you, regardless of the reason, whatever happens. Maybe it's roads are bombed. Maybe it's the, a major storm and they just can't get to you for several days. You have to think about the supply chain and how it'll impact you and your family, not only from the food, but from having gas for your vehicles, having the medicine you need. Really, really consider that when you look at this uh, protest in Canada and use that thought exercise to help you in your preparedness. Now, another part of your preparedness, what we're going to talk about today is EDC. For those who don't know, it's everyday carry. Now, to me, there's three different phases of the everyday carry. Now, I break down everyday carry into three different categories, on body, off body, and immediate access. So on body should be pretty obvious. It's anything that you have on you. Off body could be a little bit tricky. So off body to me is you have your laptop bag, you have your EDC bag, you have your bug out bag, you have an extra pouch with you, you have some sort of keychain that you may take off at some point and it becomes off body. To me, that's off body carry. And those items, if they're kept within about a three foot, maybe four or five foot radius of you is considered to me your off body carry. Like I go to the gym and depending on the time of day I go, cause it's, it's very diverse, different crowds on um, the time I go, I may off body carry my gun with me. Now what I do is I'll bring my gym bag and my gym bag. I have my gun. There has been violent situations at the gym I go to in the past and you never know how something like that's going to turn out. I think one of the things that really um, opened my eyes up to how those situations could turn out is a gym that I used to frequent. It was at LA Fitness had a shooting at the gym and a couple people there died who had nothing to do with the domestic disturbance situation or issue that was going on between this front lady, the this clerk who worked the front desk 
and her her husband or her boyfriend or whatever it was. So to me, I, I from that point forward, I really started to consider and think about the importance of making sure that if I can't on body carry and I know I'm going into a kind of a sketchy situation or there's the potential for a sketchy situation to take place, that at least I off body carry. So if I have it within a three to five foot radius of me, I consider that off body carry. Immediate access. What that to me is I have immediate access to to my my bug out bag that's in another room. I have immediate access to my gun that's in my truck. It involves me going a little bit further than I normally would to get, but I have kind of immediate access to it. It's not a a big delay for me to go get it. It's not something that's going to take me two to three minutes to get. I have immediate access to it. I could go 30 seconds or not. I can have it in my hand as immediate access. So th- that's how I break down everyday carry and how I approach what I have on me at any given time. Now on body carry, as I mentioned, is everything from your hat to your shoes. And I don't think enough attention is paid to on body carry. So let's talk about that. So from the hat you wear to the shoes you wear, I recently, and I say recently, it's probably within the last two years, made the conscious decision to never wear sandals outside of my house. I grew up in a beach community in, in Northern California and wearing sandals is a thing and it's a, it's comfortable, it's easy, but outside of my home, outside of in my backyard at my pool, I am never leaving my house wearing sandals again. I don't do it. I haven't done it. It's because in case there's an active shooter situation, I don't want to be barefoot running around in flip-flops, lose my flip-flops, put myself in a John McClane type situation. So I make the effort to make sure, and it's sometimes inconvenient when it's hot out and it'd be a lot nicer to wear some sandals out, but I make the, the conscious effort to wear shoes all the time. Now with that, and a lot of people underrate this too, comes the proper socks. We're in East Texas now. So during the summer wearing shoes, I got to make sure I have the right socks on or else it could create some problems for my the health of my feet and just some comfortability issues in general. So that's part of my everyday carry. A lot of people I don't think put enough effort into the clothing they're purchasing as part of their everyday carry. And that's something that really, I think from, like I said, from hat to shoes, everything in between should really be considered as your everyday carry. Now we kind of go up from there. Um, you go to your belt. Belt is very important, especially if you carry a gun on you every day. Now I E D C everyday carry on body, my gun. I'm probably down to right now as date of this podcast, I went from about 99% of the time, but kind of being at home a little bit more because of the um, the initial lockdowns and then also just places being closed, me not wanting to go to places that have certain rules in place. I've been staying home a little bit more, so I kind of got out of that habit of making sure I bring my gun with me everywhere I go. So I'm probably closer to about a 75% on-body carry. But one of the important things I took into account when I on-body carry is my belt. And whether it's actually sufficient enough to help hold up my pants with my gun, 
Because the way that our concealed carry works, it needs to be part of your belt line or it needs to be part of a shoulder holster or it could be part of an ankle strap. So there's some rules and regulations on how they want you to, to carry your weapon if you're concealed carrying. They don't want you just to throw it in your pocket. And a lot of ladies don't realize, but it's kind of a very, very gray area whether or not it's okay to be in your purse. So I don't have to worry about that. I recommend that women kind of check that out and think about how they're carrying their firearm if that's what they're doing but belt not only do i really consider is this belt heavy duty enough to be used for carrying my weapon can i use it for other things now i like to give two examples when i talk about a belt being used for other things and why you should put some importance into what belt you pick i've used my belt to help me haul firewood in a in a legit survival situation when we needed to get some firewood and it was hard to find dry firewood and I had to haul back what I could not only in my hands but kind of maximize the amount I was able to carry with me and the way I was able to maximize that by was by using my belt to loop up the the wood and drag it back with me now another situation is using as a tourniquet there's going to be situations where your belt may be the only thing you have available to you as a tourniquet so you want to have a good quality belt that has the ability to be used for that. So keep that in mind when you're using those items or when, when you're choosing that, that belt for yourself. It's something very, very underrated in terms of the importance put on it and the life-saving tool that it could essentially become if you treat it with that type of mindset from the very beginning. We go up from there, shirt. There's particular shirts I like to wear because they breathe better. Um, obviously, based on the winter and the weather conditions, layered clothing is very appropriate and, and very um, underrated in terms of how it could contribute to your survival. There's a lot of people who, hey, I'm in the car all day. I'm at the office all day. My, my little hoodie is going to be fine. And then they leave the house on their way back home. They didn't check the weather they didn't know about an impending snowstorm coming in and now they're trapped on the highway for hours at a time they don't have any gas in their tank and all they got is their hoodie and they're trapped and they're stuck and we saw some of that not too long ago on one of the major interstates out here in the east coast so layering and proper clothing there your hat your hat your hat your hat obviously going to protect you from the sun uh, also give you some sort of camouflage, maybe if you need to um, kind of help conceal your identity, but can also make you stand out from the crowd. Now, I often wear my sports teams of choice um, hats out and about. I'm not in an area where those teams are popular. I'm not in an area where those teams are from. They're from very far away from where I'm at. So it kind of messes up my gray man situation. So with that in mind, I have some local teams hats. I'm not going to be heartbroken wearing a Texas Rangers hat. I'm also not going to be standing out as the oddball wearing the San Francisco Giants hat. So everything that is on your body needs to be considered like your life depended upon it or like your life may depend upon it. That's the type of level that I wish people would get to who are preppers because if you did that, all the other prepping stuff would be so simple and so easy. You wouldn't be constantly feeling like you need to catch up. You actually thought to yourself, hey, if my life depended on this or if my life may depend on this, how will I approach it? 
So keep that in mind for on-body carry. I think that's the one I really wanted to talk to, talk about the most because off-body carry is so complex and it could be so many things. It could be from tools you keep in your vehicle based on your job you do. It could be um, items you want to have on you. Um, or the, I'm sorry, that's immediate access, but it could be tools you want to have on you. It could be weapons you want to have on you. It could be so much stuff. It's everything within your immediate vicinity. And that's going to be so incredibly um, individualized, regional wise, that it, it's hard to talk about in this type of format. But, you know, for your immediate access, like I was just mentioned, people get caught into snowstorms. Within your immediate access, your car, your vehicle, which most of us are pretty close to at, at any given time, you should have immediate access to items that you every day carry with you in your vehicle to help you survive a snowstorm, to help you survive a flat tire. It always blows my mind. I think it's funny when you hear stories about preppers who weren't prepared for flat tires. If you're not prepared for a flat tire from having a jack and having the, the proper... Um, tools to use the jack i've seen people where they had the jack they looked at it but they didn't have the handle to pump it having a proper um tire iron do you really know how to use that have you used it before have you have you practiced with it i know some people have all the stuff but never changed a tire do you have some fix a flat maybe it's a situation where you need to patch the tire so you can make it to the next location What's the health of your spare tire look like? When was the last time you even checked that? There's a lot of off-body stuff or immediate access stuff that should be addressed that needs to be looked at on a semi-regular basis. A lot of my um, immediate access prepping is seasonal. And as the seasons change, I will check on them. Some of them are situational based on the season. Like if I know there's a major snowstorm coming in, I will recheck I will and make sure that I, hey, you know what, do I really have that or did I take it out of my vehicle? Like very recently, I went to my vehicle, my immediate access. I, I was a little hungry. I didn't bring enough food with me to work based on the amount of work I was doing. And I wanted a snack. I knew, I knew, or so I thought, that I had some extra food in the car, some some survival bars that I had in the back of the vehicle. I went to go get them. I had already ate them. They were gone. It's something I already accessed and I forgot to replace it. So little mistakes like that happen, little things like that happen, but you don't want it to happen to you when your life really, really depends on it. So keep all that in mind. That's Everyday Carry. If you guys aren't familiar, I'd love to chat with you about Everyday Carry. You can chat with me over on Instagram at Last Prepper Standing. Um, I try to chat with a lot of people and, and we always have really good conversations from everyday stuff to prepping stuff to just sending each other some funny memes and funny videos that have nothing to do with prepping. So I'm always available over there. I'm pretty responsive. You can also check us out at American Prepper Group on YouTube at Last Prepper Standing as well. And I encourage you if you are in the prepping kind of influencer sphere of people or it's something you want to get involved in uh, message me over at the prepping syndicate what i do there is i try to highlight other preppers uh, messages their post all those type of things because i think in this community the more we can learn from each other the better if you're in the greater east texas area and you're gonna be and you just want to hang out sometime Shoot me a message on there as well. I try to be as available as possible. I hope these episodes are getting better. I hope this is good information for you. I encourage you to really think about your everyday carry from head to toe. 
take into mind and take heart about what's going on in Canada with these truckers and how it could immediately affect your ability to survive or just be comfortable. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate it. See you on the next one.